Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Warfare Podcast. We're going to dive into two of the most followed religions besides Christianity and why they are false. Make sure to stay until the end to hear my recommended song of the week. And I'm so excited to say that I will have my first guest on the show coming up in May. She will be sharing her testimony and I'm so excited to hear about it. If you would like to share your testimony, you can email me at faithandwarfare at gmail.com. And if you like this episode, please consider following and sharing with a friend because the more you do so, the more people will get to hear these awesome testimonies and dive into God's word together. You can find me on Instagram at faithandwarfare and you can also find me on TikTok at Faith made. That's faith, M-A-D-E. So we're going to get right into it. So like I said, we're going to dive into the two of the most followed religions besides Christianity and why they are false religions. A lot of people say there's so many religions and gods. How do you know Christianity is true? Well, we're really going to get into that. Mm -hmm first religion we're going to dive into is Islam and what Muslims believe. The second religion will be Mormonism and what Mormons believe. I know there's more religions, but these are going to be our focus for today. So if you're confused at all on which religion is true, how do I know the truth, keep listening. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I hate Muslims or Mormons because I do not. I love them and that's why I hope in this podcast will bring clarity to those who are lost. The first thing I want to talk about to keep us grounded in Christianity is that every book in the New Testament was written by people who walked with Jesus during his ministry. If it wasn't written by them, it was written by someone who knew them. When the last apostle died, the last one that personally knew Jesus, the book was closed. There is nothing to add and nothing to take away. What is written is written from first-hand encounters with Jesus' time on earth. Now, Paul didn't know Jesus before he was crucified, but I'm sure he had heard of him. Paul was killing Christians before he knew the truth. Acts 9, 1-19 tells us of how Jesus, in his glorified body, appeared to Saul and revealed to him the truth of who Jesus is. And as it says, removed the scales off his eyes. From then on, he went by the name of Paul. He was with the disciples. Yes, the disciples that walked with Jesus, witnessed his crucifixion, and saw him rise again. That is who Paul walked with. The last book in the Bible is Revelation, where Jesus gives a vision to John of the end times. Revelation 22, 18-19 says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Now remember, this is Jesus talking. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. There is nothing more to add and there is nothing to take away. The ones that walked with Jesus wrote the New Testament. So who more can we rely on? Proverbs 36, Do not add to his word, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. 
I'm also going to read Deuteronomy 13, 1-4. A prophet, or one who foretells by dreams, appears among you and announces to you a sign or wonder. And if the sign or wonder spoken of takes place, and the prophet says, Let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, and let us worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. It is the Lord your God you must follow. In him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him. Serve him and hold fast to him. Okay, so just getting that background, it is plain as day. This is it. This is the truth. I could use more verses to back up that claim, but you can see from beginning to end, it is finished. Jesus' last words on the cross, and then he explains it again in Revelation. Nothing more can be added. But the main verse we're going to focus on today is Galatians 1, 6 through 9. We will refer back to it, but I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing here. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. This verse is important to remember as we look at the history of Islam and Mormonism. So let's get into Islam. The founder of Islam is Muhammad. Those who follow what Muhammad taught are called Muslims. A little background on Muhammad, he was born 570 years AD. Okay, so 570 years after Jesus' crucifixion. So the first thing to mention, did Muhammad personally know Jesus or know someone that personally knew Jesus? No. So there, first thing you can see, he's not going to be as reliable about who Jesus is and what he taught than the disciples are, which is the New Testament. Muhammad lived in present-day Saudi Arabia and was meditating in a cave. In the next couple weeks, I'm going to talk more about the dangers of meditating or emptying your mind, but just so we understand, meditating literally means to think about, consider, or give a lot of thought into something. Yes, Christians meditate, but it's on God's word. By studying his word, we are filling our minds with him. In today's world, and what I think Muhammad was doing, is meditating to empty our mind, relax, clear your mind, which is completely different than what Christians say meditation is. If we empty our minds, something is going to come and enter it, okay? So Muhammad was meditating in a cave, and listen, an angel appeared to him and commanded him to write the Quran. Ring a bell from the verses of the Bible I mentioned before, an angel appeared to him. Muslims believe Muhammad was the final prophet, which is completely contrary to everything the Bible teaches. Muslims believe we're born sinless, but through life become sinful, and the only way to get to heaven is through good deeds. They believe once we die, we will be judged, and if our good deeds outweigh our bad deeds, then we'll get into heaven. So it's all works-based, where the Christian Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 7-9, we're saved by grace through faith. It is a gift, and there's nothing we can do to earn salvation. 
like in my first episode about the blood sacrifices, there's nothing we can bring to God that is worthy to cover our sins, and that's why Jesus came. Keep in mind that Muslims acknowledge Jesus as a prophet, but not divine or dying as our savior. Muslims will use the Bible verse, Romans 3, 7, which says, But if through my lie, God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? They use it to say, see, even Paul doesn't believe what he says. But that's taking the verse out of context. Paul isn't saying he lies. He's saying people will or say anything to justify their sin. We'll go so far to even say, well, my sin and wrongdoing will later bring God more glory. So might as well keep sinning. He's saying that's wrong. So that argument is out the window. Keep all of this in mind as we will swing back to it later and tie it all together. Now, moving on to Mormonism. Mormonism was founded by a boy named Joseph Smith, who Mormons consider a prophet. Joseph Smith was born in 1805, many years after Jesus, so we know he didn't know Jesus. And when Joseph Smith was 14 years old, he had a vision of Jesus. And Joseph Smith claims this Jesus told him not to visit any Christian denominational churches. Why would Jesus spend so much time teaching the disciples and Paul and growing churches based on what he taught if later we were meant to leave them? That doesn't even make sense. But later, listen, later an angel named Moroni, I don't know if I'm saying that right, appears to Joseph Smith and apparently so does John the Baptist who commands him to write the true gospel, a different gospel, which becomes the Book of Mormon. And Mormons have, I believe, two other books other than the Bible. I'm sorry, but can we refer back to Galatians 1, 6-9 again? Anyone that comes preaching a different gospel will be accursed. Mormons believe that we all existed before creation. We were all God's children in heaven, always eternal with him. But his plan of salvation was for us to leave our heavenly home and become humans where he would test us before we can progress to Godhead. Yeah, become gods ourselves. They believe there are eternal laws that even God has to follow, and that God himself was a human before becoming God. They believe Jesus is not the divine God, but the first spirit child of God. And we can be like Jesus. We are all eternal beings, and if we live good enough, we can become a God. Mormons believe when we die, we go to one of three different heavens. First, being the highest level of heaven, called celestial. This is the only heaven they'll live in God's presence for eternity and get to become gods themselves. The second heaven is terrestrial. This is where unworthy Mormons and those who rejected Mormonism go and they don't become gods. I'm not really sure. Lower heaven is called telestial, where they'll go if they don't accept Mormonism after death. I guess it's like hell, but it's not eternal. It is eternal for the demons and those who reject the Holy Spirit, something like that. The biggest thing between these two religions and Christianity is that they don't accept Jesus as their savior. Both are based on works and what we can do to be good enough. Well, let me tell you, none of us will ever be good enough for a righteous and holy God. Where are Muslims and Mormons forgiveness of sin? It can only be found in Jesus Christ, who took on the sins of the world as a perfect sacrifice, because he was sinless. 
listen to my first podcast on why the blood sacrifices were so important to understand what Jesus did. If we don't have Jesus, we don't get to heaven, period. The biggest things these two religions don't teach is the only thing that saves us. Jesus was the Son of God. Listen to this. Both founders of these religions had an angel appear to them, which we learned earlier, Jesus and his closest disciples said, Do not add to this book. It is finished. Let them be accursed. Let's recap Galatians 1, 6-9. It says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one who we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Recap what Jesus spoke to John in Revelation about adding to this book. These angels that appeared to Muhammad and Joseph Smith were fallen angels, or demons. For we know that Lucifer was one of God's angels. And in 2 Corinthians 11.14, it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So let's think about this. We need Jesus to get to heaven. Isn't it a red flag that all the other religions deny who Jesus really is? It's a red flag they all had a vision or an angel come to them. None of those angels came to Muhammad or Joseph Smith proclaiming Jesus. All the angels that showed to Muhammad or Joseph Smith said, Oh, you're born sinless. Be tolerant of others. You're saved by your works or Mormonism be good enough and you can become your own god. The devil has no new tricks. This is important. Listen to this. Let's jump all the way back to Genesis 3:5, where the serpent tells Eve to one, question God's truth, and two, that she can become like God. That's a lie. We cannot be like God. We are not gods and we will not be gods. We were created by God. Now don't get me wrong. Are God's angels real? Absolutely. Are they his messengers even still today? Absolutely. But you must have discernment. An angel of God will never accept your worship, and an angel of God will never deliver a message contrary to the word of God. Let's read 1 John 4, 4 through 6. I know it's long, but it's worth mentioning here. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. 
This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So this verse, it says, test every spirit. If an angel or a person or a pastor or me test what I'm saying, always take it back to the Bible and see if it's what the Bible teaches. You must know the word, have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So if an angel or a person appears to you or has a message and a word for you, take it back to the Bible. If it's not centered on Jesus Christ, it's false doctrine and a doctrine of demons. Don't deny the one that died to save you and forgive your sins. No other religion offers this. Either the Bible is true, or the Quran is true, or the Book of Mormon is true. But they can't all be true. There is an ultimate truth, and that's Jesus Christ. Isn't it just like Satan to twist and distort the truth just enough to make it seem like it could be the truth, while still denying the only thing that saves us? That's something to think about. You must know the enemy to see how he works. 1 Peter 5 8, it says, Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So Satan is just crawling around looking for someone he can destroy. He's just looking for somebody that he can confuse and get false doctrine in your mind. That's what he's looking for. He does not care in his demons. They do not care how cute or reassuring or kind something is as long as it's making you question the word of God. Like mediums, psychics, tarot cards, yes, they can give you information and so it makes you question the word of God, but that doesn't mean that it's from God just because it makes you feel good. Please understand that I love Mormons and I love Muslims and I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm talking about this so others won't be deceived. And if you're practicing Mormonism now or you are a Muslim, I love you, but you're being deceived and it's not too late to turn to Jesus. Ask him to reveal the truth to you with a sincere heart. I'm talking about this in hopes people will come to the truth and for my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to stand even more firm in what they already know. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him. Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice so that we don't have to live under God's wrath and we don't have to work for our salvation. We do not have to work to be saved because even if we did, there's nothing good enough that we could do for a holy and righteous God. And that's why if you're not covered in the blood of Jesus and you die and you're on the judgment seat before God and you're not covered in the blood of Jesus, what is he going to see? God is going to see all of your sin and he's not going to turn you away because he doesn't love you. I mean, it breaks his heart, but he is a holy and he is a just God. And if you're not covered in the blood of Jesus Christ on judgment day, he is going to see for every sin that you have done, which are many, because we all sin and we all fall short. If you haven't listened to my first podcast about what Jesus did and why the blood sacrifice is so important, please go listen to it. Just ask him to reveal himself to you. I'm not big, I say this in every episode, I'm not big on the sinner's prayer because you're not saved by prayer. You're saved by a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So if you have questions, if you want to talk more about Christianity, or if you are trying to figure it all out, you can email me, faithandwarfare at gmail.com. Please follow if you enjoyed this episode so you can stay up to date on my upcoming episodes. Now I'm going to share my recommended worship song of the week. Sometimes the song will go with the theme of what we talked about that day, and sometimes they won't. But this week, I'm going to recommend Sparrows by Corey Ashbery. And there's no really specific reason why that's the one I want to recommend. Um, it's just one that I have been listening to a lot lately, and it's I love it. Please make sure to follow and like and subscribe or whatever you need to do. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. <laughs>